global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Equities higher along with the price of crude oil. This update is brought to you by Commonwealth Financial Network, home to the industry's most satisfied advisors. Prepare to be swept off your feet by the broker-dealer RIA that's been putting relationships first since 1979. Visit Commonwealth.com. S&P 500 index up almost 11 now to 2401. A gain there of five-tenths of one percent. NASDAQ up 26 at a record 6148, higher by four-tenths of one percent. Dow Industrials up 90, also up four-tenths of one percent to 20,986. The tenure down 630 seconds, the yield there 2.35 percent. Gold up 230 the ounce to 12.30, up two-tenths of one percent. And crude oil, West Texas Intermediate crude up two and a half percent. 49.04 on WTI. Brent is at 52.02, up 2.3%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. Yeah, a lot of companies and businesses around the world are saying... Uh, don't cry over the uh, latest ransomware attack, but it really is kind of staggering about what happened because we're talking about more than 200,000 computers in at least 150 countries have so far been infected. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what happened and what we can do. Adam Levin is chairman and founder at CyberScout. He's a former director of the New Jersey Division of Consumer Affairs, joining us on the phone from New York City. Adam, when you first heard about this, what did you think? Here we go again. <laughs> Basically, here we go again. I mean, this is just another example of the fact that breaches have become the third certainty in life. And, you know, it may sound a little trite, but the cyber war has replaced the Cold War, and we're, we're just seeing it more every day. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, there's two ways to look at this, right? It's, it's like it's yet another attack. We can kind of lump them all in together and not try to understand what's different about them. But, or, or we can try to figure out what is different about it, everyone. And I, and I think that that's useful because it starts to tell a story of how um, hacking is changing. So I wonder from your perspective, and we've actually given a lot of time to looking at ransomware on this show over the last, uh, you know, couple of years. Um, um, we've, we talked to the folks at Carbonite quite a bit even last week, and they've benefited from that. You've got a stock that's gone from eight bucks to $20 a share, uh, in part because they've, they've seen, uh, rapidly rising, uh, revenues, right? They've seen revenues grow 52% in 2016, largely because of ransomware. And so I wonder from your perspective, what's different about this attack? than others we've seen before. And Carbonite has been, I just want to add in, you know, Corey, has been warning us since we started talking to them that ransomware was going to be the big problem. Right. Go ahead, Adam. No, ransomware is, and the reason why ransomware is, is, is blossoming, as it were, or exploding, is the fact that unlike traditional uh, identity theft and data theft and breaches, where it's get into a system, grab the data, throw it on a black market and hope someone will buy it and at, at whatever price makes sense. In this case, it's not what is your data worth to someone else. It's what is your data worth to you. And it's a pretty fast return. And so many people are completely unprepared for this because they don't have the right kind of backup. They haven't used the right kind of uh, security software. They haven't updated uh, they haven't uh, done patches when they were supposed to. That uh, you know, we are extremely exposed, and not to mention the fact that combine this 
with the NSA and the fact that the tools were leaked. And, uh, you know, you get a pretty ugly picture. Hey, Adam, I got to ask you about this being kind of our modern warfare, if you will. And it made me go back to President Reagan and the 80s and the building of kind of a Star Wars-like shield to protect us. And I feel like we've had a guest on here that also kind of mentioned the importance of maybe the government kind of creating this very standard protocol level of protection. Is that what's kind of needed? Well, I reflect upon the 2016 presidential election, even up to today, although President Trump has finally issued the executive order on cyber, and it looks like they're taking it more seriously. But there was so much conversation about the Great Wall of Mexico, but you didn't hear a lot of conversation about cybersecurity issues until the Democratic National Committee was hacked, and then it became the political football that it did. And this is what's distressing. In this country, government has been a disaster when it comes to protecting our interests and, and defending us with cybersecurity. We may have a good cyber offense, and I think a lot of people agree that we do, but a lot of people also agree that, frankly, our cyber defense is wanting, seriously wanting, and the government has to get more serious. But this also has to be a three-pronged approach. Business has to step up its game. The government has to be more aggressive in terms of sharing threat assessments. Someone said a line which I thought was very fascinating today, which is, if the government had told Microsoft about this when they first discovered it, as opposed to when it was leaked, we might be far better off today than we are now. Well, I, so talk to me about the role of the NSA. So that's one of the screw-ups of the NSA. Is that, the, is that sort of the fundamental thing that the NSA sees itself as sort of liking security uh, weaknesses that it can exploit as opposed to working with uh, uh, American businesses to prevent those leaks from happening? Oh, absolutely. And I think this is, uh, this is the cautionary tale. Every time you hear about the Apple versus the FBI debate is when you're talking about back doors into encrypted systems or back doors into anything, assume for the fact, based on the miserable track record of the government, be able to protect data, look at the Office of Personnel Management, look at the fact that every federal agency was breached, look at the fact that no federal agency was using two-factor authentication really in any meaningful way up until a couple of years ago, and realize the fact that if the government gets their hands on it, it is a greater than, than likely probability that the bad guys are going to get their hands on it, too. That's why people were so concerned about backdoors and encrypted systems. So we never get really ahead of it, or do we? Can we manage it, basically? I think that it really has to do with the fact that how do you minimize your risk of exposure, reduce your attackable service, how do you monitor effectively, and how do you manage the damage? And as much as we would like to think we can prevent things, and perhaps over time as biometrics becomes more advanced and everybody steps up, that we have a shot at having at least a little bit better uh, preventative action, the reality is we need to know as quickly as possible we have a problem and a damage control problem that plan to deal with it. And in this case, in this ransomware case, one of the most important things that companies can do and individuals can do is have robust backup systems that are independent, that aren't part of the network, but that are connected and disconnected uh, alternate times during the day so that if someone crawls into a network, they can't crawl directly into the backup. Yeah. Adam Levin, uh, the founder of CyberScout. Thanks for your time. We appreciate it. It's an important story. 
affecting lots of people. You listen to Bloomberg Markets. I'm Bloomberg Radio.